Respected brothers, respected elders, mothers and sisters listening at home The shahadat of Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an Is considered to be the most tragic and traumatic incident in the pages of Islamic history <coughs> in fact for some of the companions this incident had traumatized them they became so emotional that some of the companions of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam decided to make hijrat to some unknown desert mountain to spend the rest of the remaining days of their life in worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that there is minimal contact with the outside world <clears throat> and this was because for them it was a certainty they knew for sure that the martyrdom of Sayyidina Usman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an had opened the door of fitna and great controversy and also difficult decisions to make and so for some of the companions the best choice what they opted for was just to move out from the city of Madinatul Munawwara and to move into some mountainous region in the desert to be aloof, to be far away from people and this was again because of the hadith of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. We have to understand that Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een were not people who were fleeing or running away from reality. Uh, in fact, rather they felt that they were acting upon the command and the sunnah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Sahaba were people who had nothing to do with dunya, the love of dunya, the fame, the glory, everything for the companions that is related to dunya is trivial. For them, the main objective in life is to please Allah and to obey <coughs> Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. 
And so we cite one hadith of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam which is in the Sahih of Imam Bukhari rahmatullah alayhi. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam said yushiku an yakuna anna khayra malil muslim al ghanam that a time will come upon my ummah that the best source of wealth for a believer will be his flock of animals his flock of goats and the best thing to do at the time of fitna at the time of trials and tribulation is to make hijrah towards some unknown desert mountain a mountainous region and just to do Allah Allah and worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that would be the best course of action for an individual at the time of fitna and Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said يَفِرُّوا بِدِينِهِ مِنَ الْفِتَنِ that this man will go towards the desert or towards the jungle to save his iman and to save his religion and so because of that some of the companions decided that the best option would be to free themselves from the politics that was coming from the rebels who were in Madinatul Munawwara now from Misr, Egypt, from Basra and Kufa. That is the reason why some of the companions opted that this was the best option. For them, because they were blessed with the company of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, they knew that everything would start after the shahadat of Hazrat Osman radiallahu ta'ala an, which the brothers will witness and hear insha'Allah in the coming few sessions the difficulty of Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an immediately the major steps that this great Sahabi has to take we also need to remember that now at uh, the shahadat of Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an very few Sahabai kiram ajma'een were alive in fact majority of the senior companions had passed away and when we talk about senior companions we say that those that are considered from the muhajireen and the ansar those who stayed in the company of rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam majority of them had passed away you only had the young companions who had seen rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam possibly during the very last phase of the life of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam that uh, when they were young and Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was very old and perhaps uh, they were blessed to stay in his company for a year or so so these were very young companions the senior companions had passed away even if you were to look at the Ashare Mubashara the then ten companions who were given the glad tidings of Jannah Hazrat Abu Bakr passed away, Umar radiallahu ta'ala and passed away, Usman radiallahu ta'ala and passed away, Hazrat Abdul Rahman ibn Auf passed away, uh, in fact he passed away during the Khilafat of Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu ta'ala an. The only people who were alive who were considered to be very senior companions were people like Hazrat Ali and Hazrat Zubair, Hazrat Talha and Hazrat Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas radiallahu ta'ala other than that all of the companions were very very young and also perhaps some of the companions were engaged 
in jihad fi sabilillah you also have people like the governors of Hazrat Usman radiyallahu ta'ala an and one man to be noted is Hazrat Amir Muawiyah radiyallahu ta'ala an from amongst the senior companions of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam so at that time it was the decline of the companions of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam with the rebels the difficulty they found of course immediately at the time of Hajj their mission was al-iyazu billah to assassinate Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala an, which they did and even before the Hujjaj could come back to their own uh, residence or even to return back to Madinatul Munawwara they had already murdered and Hazrat Uthman had become a shaheed uh, shaheed fi sabilillah Allah gave him that very high rank now the difficulty for the rebels was who is to take the place of Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala this was a major difficulty for the rebels now the rebels were in Madinatul Munawwara they feared that if immediately if there was no one to be reinstated then there was panic in the camp of the rebels there is a possibility that Hazrat Amir Muawiyah could come with a massive army and would enter the city of Madinatul Munawwara and he himself would put himself in that position to be the Khalifa Wallahu alam. this is speculation but they feared Hazrat Amir Muawiyah radiallahu ta'ala he was the man in charge of the Muslim army just like Hazrat Khalid bin Walid Hazrat Abu Ubaidat ibn al-Jarrah radiallahu ta'ala during the Khilafat of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala during the Khilafat of Hazrat Usman everything was in the hands of Hazrat Amir Muawiyah so that fear was there what to do and also the governors of Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala the rebels were scared that possibly someone from amongst uh, those that were elected by Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala they would take charge and would run the complete control of the city of Madinatul Munawwara, the governors. Now these people, the rebels, were very clever, very crafty and shrewd people. They pretended that they were the lovers of Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een. And so what had happened is that they would divide themselves into three groups, three contingents. The people of Egypt said that we want Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala to be our Khalifa. <coughs> and then you had another group, they said, no, we want Hazrat Talha to be the Khalifa. And then you had another group that said, no, we want Hazrat Zubair radiallahu ta'ala to be the Khalifa. Again, just to confuse the people or to pretend that we are sincere lovers of Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een. And what had happened to Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala an was something al-iyazu billah, al-iyazu billah that he deserved. But we are not against sahabai kiram ajma'een, or we are not the enemies of the companions in Madinatul Munawwara. Now what the groups would do is that they would go along and meet with the preferred candidates of their choice. So the people who wanted Hazrat Ali, they would push Hazrat Ali to become the Khalifa. The people who wanted Hazrat Talha, they would push him to become the Khalifa. The people who wanted Hazrat Zubair, they would push him to become the Khalifa. But subhanallah, 
Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een were sincere people. And whenever the rebels would come to meet them, the Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een would refuse openly and would reject their proposal. And all of the companions said, Who are you people? What have you got to do with the governing of the Khilafat anyway? These were people who came from the outside. These were external bodies. In fact, these were people that had never ever uh, stayed in the company of the companions, never mind to stay in the company of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So we will not be pressured by the rebels to elect ourselves as, as the Khalifa or the Amir of the Islamic Khilafat. And so all of them, Hazrat Talha, Hazrat Zubair and Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala and rejected the proposal and said no. Now this was a great difficulty for the rebels. Of course they were pressured. Their fear was who? Hazrat Amir Mu'awiyah radiallahu ta'ala who is still in Syria. Now when we look at the life of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did not elect anyone to be his successor. Even when Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was not well, he did not clearly say that my Khalifa is Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu. The reason was that Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was very confident. He knew for sure, he was so certain that he did not even think it necessary to write on a piece of paper for the ummah that after me the Khalifa should be Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. It was very obvious that Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq was the Imam whenever Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was out of Madinatul Munawwara. In fact, he was the Imam when Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam was not well. And so he knew for sure that the Muslims will not make a blunder. And to allow them the confidence Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam is Khatamun Nabiyin. No Nabi will come after Rasulullah. And so the Ummah has to be prepared for making uh, important decisions to give them that ability to enforce in them that there are certain things that you have to do yourself. And so Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam gave that opportunity. Otherwise, Allah's Nabi opened up every mas'ala. He taught the Ummah how to pray Salah. He taught the Ummah how to perform Muzu. He taught the Ummah the method of Hajj, how to fast, how to give Zakah. But yet he did not disclose for the Ummah who is to be my successor. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam wanted the Ummah to make the right decision. And alhamdulillah, it was the right decision that was made that all of the companions elected Hazrat Abu Bakr. Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala Now, when we look at the Khilafat of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq before his demise Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala did something which Allah's Nabi did not do This shows again that you cannot classify everything as bid'ah You see, some people have this disease that uh, Whatever you do, is it in the hadith? Is it in the hadith? Is this in the hadith? Oh, that's bid'ah. This is bid'ah. This is bid'ah. This is Allah. What is bid'ah? Al-Iyazu Billah. What Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq do here? Was it a bid'ah? What he did is that he himself appointed Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab. 
Allah's Nabi did not select Hazrat Abu Bakr, Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an, but Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an, the wisdom, the intelligence, the hikmat that Allah blessed him with, what did he opt for? He said no. And he came forward and he took the hands of Umar radiallahu ta'ala an, and he said to all the people, and we've covered this, all the people, that everyone must make bay'ah to Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. In fact, some people came to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq privately and they said, Amirul Mu'mineen, you know the temper and the anger of Hazrat Umar. Are you sure you are making the right decision? And he says, Wallahi, I am making the right decision. And everything is wrong otherwise. This is the right decision. And alhamdulillah, the, all of the Ummah united at the hands of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala Now when Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala Became the khilafat Subhanallah The wisdom that he had He followed the sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam And also the sunnah of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq What did he do? He did not specify by name That this man has to be the khalifa but at the same time, following the sunnah of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, he restricted Khilafat into only six individuals. A council of six. And who are all from amongst the Ashare Mubashara. That anyone who is to be a Khalifa, I am happy. But it has to be from amongst the six. And the six were the Ashare Mubashara. We've also covered that. And remember that the referee was his son, Abdullah ibn Umar, but he said to his son, Abdullah ibn Umar will not have a choice. But just to make sure that everything is running smoothly when it comes to making the decision. And the council of six elected Hazrat Asman radiallahu ta'ala. So far, we understand this matter, mashallah. Now when Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala, when he became shaheed, uh, in his lifetime, he did not appoint anyone as his Khalifa, following the act and the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. In fact, in his final khutbah, if brothers recall, what did he say? He said to the ummah that I pray to Allah that someone who comes after me is your well-wisher. Is your well-wisher. But he did not appoint anyone as a Khalifa or a successor to Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala an. That will be upon the ummah. That is why my respected brothers, we talked about important decisions. And in the last session we, we covered that very important decision of Dai Halima. Dai Halima Sa'diya. Which changed her life, subhanallah. Making the right decision to pick up Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So at the moment was what was happening in Madinatul Munawwara for the first time the Ummah, the Islamic Khilafat, Madinatul Munawwara is without any kind of leadership. There is no model. Uh, it is Allahu Akbar, uh, completely void from any kind of leadership. And you have the rebels in Madinatul Munawwara. We also have to understand some of the important Masail and rulings when it comes to selecting a Khalifa. One is a, a, a Khalifa, but one is the title given as Al Khalifatul Rashid.
O Khulafair Rashidin. Khulafair Rashidin means the guided successors to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Even the rebels knew that you could not just appoint any common man from Egypt or Basra or Kufa and bring him to Madinatul Munawwara and put him in that position like in Afghanistan, Karzai, <laughs> where does he come from? And when we look at uh, you know the, his, the, the politics of Pakistan and Allahu Akbar, subhanAllah, when you look at uh, all of the politics within the Muslim framework, Muslim countries, it's, it's strange when we compare it to the beautiful system that is in Islam. The ulama have mentioned, the ulama have mentioned, and really the leaders have to be scholars, ulama. The leaders have to be scholars, subhanallah. Not just a man who knows how to speak English, and mashallah, you know, he's memorized the Oxford Dictionary. Huh? And he's, a, he's well-versed, or he might have money, and he could wear a three-piece suit, and subhanallah, that is not the criteria of selecting anyone as a leader. For someone to be a leader, he must be a hafiz of the Qur'an. He must have an understanding of the Qur'an. He must have the understanding of hadith, the akhlaq of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the siyasat, the politics of Islam, and everything about the Qur'an and the sunnah and the teachings of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So the key issues for someone to become a khalifa of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, let me explain to you just some of the condition. The first condition is, Kana rajulum min Quraysh. That man has to be from amongst the tribe of Quraysh. He should be a Qurayshi. Yeah? And that is why uh, some of the Muslim historians have said that Imam Shafi'i was a Qurayshi. Imam Shafi'i was a Qurayshi. Imam Malik, according to some, a lot of debate, but uh, especially with genealogy and Imam Malik some have said that he was a Qurayshi but ulama have mentioned that man has to be a Qurayshi so he can't be even a man from Egypt Basra or he can be a Muslim but if he's not a Qurayshi from the people of Makkah that is why we need to understand that from all of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the best creation is insan لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي أَحْسَنِ تَقْوِيمِ the best creation is insan. And from amongst insan, human beings, the best creation is this elite group of Anbiya alayhimu salam. And from Anbiya alayhimu salatu wasalam, the best creation is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And after the prophets, the best community is the ummah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And from amongst the ummah, of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam the best are the companions of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam and from amongst the companions the best are the muhajireen and from amongst the muhajireen the best are al-muhajirun al-awwalun the first early batch of the muhajireen that's the elite and then from the muhajirun al-awwalun the best Elites, individuals are the Ashare Mubashara. And then from Ashare Mubashara, the ten that were given the glad tidings. Then from Ashare Mubashara, the best are the Khulafai Rashidin. 
And from the Khulafai Rashidin, the best is who? Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala. Anyone who knows this lesson, Sabak, insha'Allah ta'ala, will not deviate from the right path. Anyone who has memorized this lesson, Sabak, will not deviate from the straight path. So that man has to be from amongst the Quraysh. Abu Bakr Siddiq was a Qurayshi. Umar Farooq was a Qurayshi. Hazrat Usman was a Quraysh. All of these people were Qurayshi people from Makkatul Mukarramah. And so he has to be a Qurayshi. That is the first condition. The second condition is وَكَانَ مِمَّنْ بَشَّرَ رَسُولَ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ بِالْجَنَّةِ That he should be from amongst that man, that individual, who has been given the glad tidings of Jannah. So you can't just be anyone from, uh, anyone who is there to, to represent uh, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam to be the Khalifa, but he must also be a man who has been explicitly given the basharat of Jannah, just like the Ashare Mubashara. Allah's Nabi said, Abu Bakr fil Jannah, Umar fil Jannah, Osman fil Jannah, Ali fil Jannah, Talha fil Jannah, Zubair fil Jannah, many of the companions. And the third condition is that there must be visible signs of that man to be worthy of that position to be the Khalifa. And the fourth condition ulama have mentioned is that during his Khilafat, some of the prophecies of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam must also be fulfilled. So for an example, when Allah's Nabi said, during the time of Abu Bakr Siddiq, this will happen. And some of the prophecies which Allah's Nabi had mentioned were fulfilled at the time of Hazrat Umar. And it was linked to Hazrat Umar. Some of the prophecies were directly linked to Hazrat Uthman. And a lot of the prophecies were also linked directly to Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala. So these are just some of the important conditions attached for someone to become a Khalifa, a Khulafai Rashidin. Now, Khulafai Rashidin, what is meant by uh, a man who is a Khalifa of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and why is it that we only have four companions who have been ranked as Khulafai Rashidin, not five, not six, not seven, or not going further down in history with other individuals? Why only four very important we have one hadith which is also in the musnad of imam ahmad bin hamal rahmatullah alayhi and the narrator is hazrat safina radiyallahu ta'ala now safina is not a, a woman or it's not a muannas not a, a feminine although the the word here safina the word is feminine uh, this man his name is abu abdul rahman abu abdul rahman and this hadith is in the Musnad of Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal. Hazrat Safina was a very good man, a man of good character. What he would do is, uh, if he would see someone lifting up something that was unbearable for him, any kind of luggage or, or something, a, a load on the head, what he would do is he would quickly go there and assist the people that were there. So he was in the marketplace, he was everywhere to be seen, uh, women, if they needed assistance, he would go and lift up their bags and help them. And Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam saw this good character in him. And Allah's Nabi called him and said, come here, come here, come here. And he came running. And he was a tough man, very built. Imagine, you know, lifting up the load and all that. Mushta, behind me. Okay. Ji, so what did uh, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam 
say to him, you're not Abu Abdul Rahman, anta Safina. <laughs> Who are you? Anta Safina. Safina in Arabic means um, a ship. A ship that carries a lot of people and weight. So you are a ship. You are a ship. You're carrying so much load. And so from then on this man said, no, no, I'm not Abu Abdul Rahman, I'm Safina. Even the muhaddisin recognized him to be Safina. That was the love that he had for Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But we have here one hadith, uh, again narrated by Hazrat Safina radiallahu ta'ala and just to explain khilafat. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam has said, and Hazrat Safina is the narrator, Sami'tu Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, I heard from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Al-Khilafatu thalathuna aman, that Khilafat in my Ummah will only be for 30 years. Khilafat in my Ummah will only be for 30 years. ثُمَّ يَكُونُ بَعْدَ ذَلِكَ الْمُلْكِ And thereafter it will be kingdom and kingship. What will it be? Kingdom and kingship. It's strange when you see people now demonstrating outside and shouting and saying, Khilafah! 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 We need to have Khilafah, we need to work under one banner, one, one Khalifa. And this is the riwayat of musnad ahmad Al-Sahih Hadith. Imagine Imam Ahmed bin Hanbal has mentioned this in his Musnad. Hazrat Safina is the narrator. And this is one of the miracles of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah's Nabi said, Khilafat will end at 30 years. Bas. Thereafter will be kings. Kingship. And we need to remember, my respected brothers, that there is nothing wrong if someone was to be... You see, king is an English word. In Arabic it's called Al-Malik or Malik. And when you translate Malik, it, it could be king or whatever. But Malik can also mean a leader or your Amir or someone who is in charge. Provided that king discharges the laws of Sharia that is accepted in Islam. Why? Why? Yusuf alayhi salam was a Nabi and a king. The Quran describes him as Al-Malik. The Quran describes him as Malik, that he was the king of his people. Sulaiman alayhi salam was a Nabi and a king. What was he? A Nabi and a... And what a king he was. What a king he was. The dua of Sulaiman alayhi salam in the Quran. And also, you talk, the Bible speaks of King David. <laughs> Dawood alayhi salam himself was a king. And not only was he a king in English, but in Arabic the title that is given is Malik. They were great rulers, whether you call them kings or whatever, or rulers, but in Arabic they have been described and titled as Malik. And also prophets, Anbiya alayhimu salatu was salam. So at times you'll find that a Nabi is also a Nabi and a Rasul. And sometimes you'll find a Nabi is just a Nabi but not a Rasul. But you'll find some people who might, who are Nabi but also an extra status position that is given to them that they are Malik. That they are kings like Sulaiman alayhi salam and Yusuf alayhi salam and Dawood alayhi salam. So there is nothing wrong. And now let us witness the accuracy 
of the prophecy that is given by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Subhanallah. Allah's Nabi said that Khilafat is for how many years? 30 years. The Khilafat of Hazrat Abu Bakr, how many years? How many years? Jazakallah. Two years. How many years? Two years. The Khilafat of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala, how many years? See? Ten years. Khilafat of Hazrat Umar, how many years? Ten years. The Khilafat of Hazrat Usman, how many years? Twelve years. Very far. Twelve years. Remember he passed away at the age of 82 and according to some of the Mu'arrikhin, 83. The Khilafat of Hazrat Usman is the longest Khilafat. Is twelve years. How many years are left? Six. And these six years accurately are given to the life of Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala at the end of six years even Hazrat Ali passes away. What a Nabi. Subhanallah to Bolevai. What a Nabi. He said, Al-Khilafatu Salasun. Salasun al-Shahran. Sana. That Khilafah is only for 30 years. And subhanallah, when Hazrat Hassan comes, it is the last six months of what the father had control of. And, and then the sulah that takes place between Hazrat Amir and Muawiyah. And inshallah ta'ala, we will cover that. But it is so important that we understand the system of Khilafat, that this is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So for anyone to be from the Khulafai Rashid, they have to have certain conditions. And after Khulafai Rashidin, you had people like, again companions, Hazrat Amir Mu'awiyah radiallahu ta'ala who came. And later on, you had other pious people like Hazrat Umar bin Abdul Aziz, rahmatullah alayh. And inshallah ta'ala, we will cover all that. But again, something to make note of here is the consistency in Islam that we see that everything has been grouped up in four, in fours. Everything has been grouped up in fours. Traditionally, Islamic architecture, when you look at some of the mosques, you will generally find that mosques have four minarets. How many minarets? Four minarets. And the reason why the masajid would have four minarets, that is symbolic to the four companions or the Khulafai Rashidin. So the first minaret to represent Hazrat Abu Bakr, the second Umar, the third Usman, and the fourth Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala. And also the, the books that were revealed as scriptures and uh, guidance for all of humanity, Tawrat, Zabur, and Injil and also the, the Quran. And likewise we have four famous rivers Islamically and uh, when you search into Islamic history Jayhan, Sayhan, Dajla and Furat. And also we have four famous mountains Tur, Jabal Tur, Jabal Thawr, Jabal Hira and Jabal Uhud. How many are they? And even the fuqaha, the a'imma, how many are they? Imam Abu Hanifa, Imam Malik, Imam Shafi'i, and Imam Malik. Allahu Akbar. That you see, everything is four, 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 four seasons. Four, four, four. And a, a person can just continue. 
continue. And so alhamdulillah we need to understand that uh, this choice is a divine choice that Allah puts in the hearts of people. Now when Madinatul Munawwara was empty without anyone to be uh, a leader, it was also a concern for the Muhajireen and the Ansar. You had the enemies waiting there uh, again to, to weaken uh, Islam and to subvert the foundation of Islam. What had happened is that again the Shura sat, the senior companion sat, and from amongst the senior companions, all of them decided that the man who should be the Khalifa after Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala and should be Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala. Normally, if you go there, just where the lift is, there is a place, there's a board, there's a board there. Can you just bring it for me? And it was decided that the man who will now take power and leadership is Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala. And so, alhamdulillah, we have completed the Khilafat of Hazrat Abu Bakr. We have completed the Khilafat of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. And we completed the Khilafat of Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala. And just the transfer of Khilafat was explained in this session today. And now we start with uh, a fresh start. A new title of Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala. Just to cover ismuhu wa kunniyatihi. Uh, the name and the lineage of Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala and Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala's family lineage is exactly the same as Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam and that is why uh, what I have here is the family lineage of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam's father was Abdullah and Abdullah was the son of Abdul Muttalib Abdul Muttalib was the son of Hashim these names we need to remember at least until Abdullah, Abdul Muttalib and Hashim Hashim was the son of Abd Munaf Abd Munaf, Qusay, Qusay, Kilab, Kilab, Murra, Kaab, Lu'ay, Ghalib, Fihr, Malik, Nadar, Kinana, Khuzayma, Mudrika, Ilyas, Muzar, Nadar, Ma'ad, Adnan, Qidar and one of the sons of Ismail alayhi salam was Qidar and so that is how Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Allah's Nabi's lineage is formed from Qidar, who is the son of Ismail alayhi salam, and Ismail alayhi salam is the son of Ibrahim alayhi salam. Now that is the family tree of Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. As for Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala, if you put Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala here, then his father would be Abu Talib and the rest of the fathers are all the same. Now just to explain, this man here, Hashim, can you see him? Hashim here, Hashim. Hashim had a son whose name was Abdul Muttalib. But Hashim had a brother whose name was Muttalib. A lot of people don't know that. Hashim had a brother whose name was Muttalib. Hashim who is one of the fathers of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam? He was married to a lady from Madinatul Munawwara. And the lady from Madinatul Munawwara gave birth to a boy whose name was Shayba. Whose name was Shayba. Now, when Shayba was born, the father Hashim passed away. Now, Hashim was in Medina, his brother Muttalib was in Makkah. When 
the brother Muttalib found out that uh, the brother has passed away and uh, Shaiba is still alive. When Shaiba became, uh, when Shaiba was in his teens, when he was in his teens, what what the uncle did, Muttalib, is that he went to Madinatul Munawwara and picked up Shaiba from Medina and said, you have to come with me, I will look after you as an uncle. And he brought Shaiba to Makkah. Now when people looked at this young man who was with Muttalib all the time, they asked him, Muttalib, who is this man, who is this boy with you? He said, this boy is my nephew, he is my brother's son, Shaiba. But then people started saying, no, 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 he is not Shaiba, he is not the son of Hashim, but he is actually the slave of Muttalib. Who is he? The slave of Muttalib. So everybody started calling him Abdul Muttalib. What did they call him? Abdul Muttalib. And Abdul Muttalib means the slave of Muttalib. So Shaiba was then known as Abdul Muttalib. And that is why his name is also uh, as one of the fathers of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Abdul Muttalib's original name is what? Shaiba. Shaiba. Now Hashim had a son whose name was Shaiba, but he he was later on known in history as Abdul Muttalib. Now, Abdul Muttalib had many children. And this is where Hazrat Ali comes and Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Abdul Muttalib had a child whose name was Abu Talib. Now, Abu Talib is the uncle of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Abu Talib's brother is Abdullah. Abdullah is the father of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And Hazrat Hamza who from amongst the uncle had embraced Islam, and also Abbas, who amongst the uncles of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam had embraced Islam. Ulama have mentioned from amongst the uncles only two had embraced Islam. One was Hazrat Hamza, and one was Hazrat Abbas. Also Abu Lahab. Abu Lahab was also the uncle of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He was the brother of Abdullah. Remember that, of course, in those days, a man had many wives, so you'd have different mothers. So Abu Lahab, however, was the uncle of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Then you had Haris, then you had Zubair, then you had Zirar, then you had Abdul Rahman. So Abu Talib is the father of Hazrat Ali radiyallahu ta'ala an. And Allah's Nabi's father is Abdullah. And Abdullah and Abu Talib are both brothers. And therefore Hazrat Ali is the cousin of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And also Abu Talib was like a father figure for Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Because Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam stayed at the house of Abu Talib. And Abdul Muttalib passed away. Now the name Ali. Ali. Ulama have mentioned when Hazrat Ali was born to Fatima bint Asad. You have to know some of the names. The mother of Hazrat Ali is Fatima. Fatima bint Asad. Abu Talib was not around when she gave birth to her son Ali. And so what she did is that she named her son Asad. What did she name? Ali? Asad. Asad means lion. Share. Asad means lion and she named uh, the son Asad after her father that's the maternal grandfather the Nana of Hazrat Ali was Asad 
And she said, I'll give my son the same name, Asad. But ulama have mentioned, now we have two opinions here. Some have said when Abu Talib came, he didn't like the name Asad and he said, no, I'm changing the name to Ali. But Alama Zamakhshari Rahmatullah Alayhi and some of the historians have said, no, no, no. The name Ali was given to him by Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Who gave the name to him? Allah's Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And it is said that when Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an was born, he was crying a lot. And so as was the tradition that the wet nurses would come and take the children and um, would take them in the desert and wean them off for two years and then bring them back. What had happened is that he would not accept the milk from any of the wet nurses. He would not accept it. And so he would cry and cry and cry. And so this news was brought to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam picked up Hazrat Ali and put the thumb in the mouth of Hazrat Ali. Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala and stopped crying and he started sucking onto the thumb of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the next day again he would cry. The wet nurses would try to feed Hazrat Ali but he would reject. Why? Subhanallah. He was used to the thumb of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Fatima called Hazrat Rasulullah that can you come again? And again Allah's Nabi would put the thumb. And this continued, Allah's Nabi would put the thumb. And in some narrations, كَانَ يَمُسُّ لِسَانَ رَسُولُ That um, Allah's Nabi was fond of him, and Allah's Nabi would kiss him, and he also sucked onto the tongue, the auspicious tongue of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When a child is a baby, the father wants to kiss the, the child, the mother will kiss, everybody is fond of... And so what he did is that he touched some sections of the mouth, the inner section of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and some have said he actually sucked onto the tongue of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and Allah's Nabi allowed that to happen. And so this is how close this individual is, this great Sahabi to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and he is also from amongst the Ahl Bayt. Now we as Muslims, who are the Ahlu Sunnah wal Jamaat people, we have an immense responsibility. We are not like the Shias who are busy making all the companions kafir, aliyazu billah, and who only show love of the Ahle Bayts. That for them, everyone else has apostated, and the only people who are Muslims are the family members of Rasulullah. And we are not the like, like the Kharijis who have a dislike for the family of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam and like anyone who is out from the family of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam but we are Sunni Muslims in fact we are from amongst the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah so we need to strike the right balance we have the extreme love for all of the <coughs> companions be it people who are from amongst the family members of Rasulullah or those who were not as close to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam Insha'Allah ta'ala in the next session we will continue with again uh, the seer of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala an wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen
اللهم صل على سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد النبي الامي وعلى اله وسلم تسليما اللهم تقبل منا وتب علينا انك انت التواب الرحيم اللهم انا نسالك العفو والعافيه في الدنيا والاخره اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك عبدك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما سعادك منه نبيك عبدك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وانت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله سمعنا واطعنا غفرانك ربنا وإلي المصير برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين